you started out with us on our Monday night class, the way of the Master, you've been a blessing already, and my prayer is put to work already, what you've learned, start sharing with the lost everywhere we go. Fear the Lord. Come to Jesus in the book of Proverbs, chapter 1. Let me just be honest, I'm not going to stay there. I'm going to jump around quite a bit. Proverbs chapter 1. The Lord is the beginning of knowledge, but fools despise wisdom and instruction. Fear the Lord is the beginning of knowledge, but fools despise wisdom and instruction. Is that a topic we bring up in church a lot nowadays? The fear of the Lord. In fact, you hardly hear that preached at all. Most of the time, what you hear nowadays is God loves you, the work God's love. You hear about how God wants to you to change and how God wants to use you somewhere, but a lot of times we don't hear about the fear of the Lord. And I need you to understand something this evening. Fear is a part of your worship of the Lord. A lot of people want to downplay fear and say, well, that's reverential and reverential only. No, 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 no. No, no. I am terrified of God. I am terrified of Him. Not in a way that I am scared like you'll walk in my room? No, I'm terrified to disappoint him. I'm terrified to live against him. And I'm terrified that I will be out of his will because I know what the Bible says. And I know what it means. And I know how it applies when I willingly step out of his will. And it terrifies me. Fear the Lord. God says the beginning of knowledge. If you want to get back into a life of holiness, you want to get back to a life where you're walking with God, knowing God, and you've got to get back into the fear of the Lord, back to the realm of the fear of the Lord. Uh, some of you remember the Jimmy Swaggart ministry, and Jimmy Swaggart ended up going on to prison. And as he went on to prison, he'd been interviewed by many, many, many preachers. But one of them got in, and he got to sit down and write notes and write a little bit of book on his interview there. And inside of his book, this book is by John DeVere, uh, and I'm not a big fan of John Bevere's ministry, but it's interesting book. We got to write a little bit about his interview with Swagger. And what he said was, I got in there and said, Mr. Swagger, Reverend Swagger, when did you fall out of love with God? He said, I never fell out of love with God. I loved God all the way through what was happening. I loved him then, and he loved me. The problem is, I got too comfortable with God. Too comfortable. Well, I got to think he'll overlook my sin, or he'll wink at it, or he'll fix it. For me, and it fell out of the realm of the fear of the Lord. And that's what happens to too many Christians today. In fact, that's the doctrine, the new gospel that's preached today, where we don't have a reverent, so we don't have a holy fear of the Lord. Let's begin. God, we'll see that next slide. You in the body of Christ would deny that America has fallen into unprecedented moral depravity. The question is who is the blame? If you want to think about America today, folks, I think the number one issue that pops up today is homosexuality. Can I get an amen on that? The second one is abortion, right? But the third one, the drug, not just epidemic, the drug pandemic. It's all over our country. It's everywhere. It's here in our town of Compass Cove. It's in our school districts. Our housewives, our house dads are doing drugs to make it through the day. 
on top of it, we have a brand new pandemic in front of us. No longer is this person running out on the street saying, I need methamphetamine, I need cocaine, I need morphine, or something of that nature. Now they're going to the doctor saying, give me, give me a prescription medication. We have prescription drug addicts just as much. Who is the blame then for the moral depravity that the United States is falling down in? Is it the politicians? Well, there's a lot of them up there. <laughs> Six of them right there. Anybody name which one was the 41st president there? Bush Sr. Very good. Who was 42nd? William Jefferson Clinton. Bill Clinton. Who was 43? Bush Jr. Who was 44? Barack Obama. Who was 45? And who's 46? Sleepy Joe Biden. <laughs> Well, my goodness. Are the politicians to blame? You might say, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. What about Hollywood? What about Hollywood? <laughs> Amen. Hollywood, are they to blame? What you watch on TV? How about the video games the kids play? Is that, is that ultimately to blame? Let me tell you. I grew up watching what you saw on TV for this. I watched Tom and Jerry. I watched Tom smacking that mouth with a frying pan. And the moment I tried that on my brother, my mom was there to take care of me. I'm going to say, yeah. That's the difference. That's the difference. It's not necessarily Hollywood, is it? Take a look at the next slide. Take it to liberal or conservative media. Did you ever watch play yet? They got false news. Now they CNN, Sky News, Fox News, Newsmax News. CBS, ABC, NBC, you can go on and on and on and on. I think everybody's trying to get the news dollars that's out there nowadays. Are they to blame for the moral depravity in the United States? Let's take a look. Next slide. I'm inclined to think that we should lay a big part of the blame on the pulpit. Let me tell you why. You ready? Let me tell you why. July of 2022. The New York City Office of the Chief Medical Examiner determined a cause of death in socialite Ivana Trump's sudden death. That would have been the ex-wife of Donald Trump. She suffered blunt impact injuries to her torso from falling down a staircase in her home. According to authorities that were there, her body was found next to a spilled cup of coffee. And if you're a coffee person, you know that's why she died. You know? Spill that coffee, you feel ah, that's got to cause a heart attack to any coffee lover like that. I remember working on the sound booth with the guys, and somebody spilled a little coffee, and actually a circular saw came up saying, don't spill it again. Coffee, precious juice, right? Like, like No, something happened. And I want you to think about the picture of this Obama Trump coming down the staircase, worried more about her cup of coffee than her own battle. Every year in the United States, there are 12,000 deaths. Now, this is according to Ellis Injury Law, not Tom, and staircase.com, the only consortium that actually put out uh, staircase falling deaths. They put 12,000 deaths out uh, that result from falling down stairs. That would be very few if people determined to never get rid of the animal. It would be very few falling down stairs. began with the thought of the fear of the Lord, 
What happens is we get comfortable and we get too confident in ourselves and our own abilities and we get confident in how we're walking with God and we let go of the handrail of the fear of the Lord. You know what? We forget the law. Well, that's what we get to. Isn't that a beautiful thing? That is Titanic. That is R.N.F. Titanic. Not the one from the movie that's the actual one. So they they built one of the movies to try to look like it. So that's an actual picture of the one uh, in the main lobby, I guess, in the main gathering room of the actual Titanic. It's beautiful. So how easy things you fall down that staircase. Perhaps you're online tonight and you're saying, I think that I can make it down that staircase without falling. You know what? When I was 12, I would have no problem with that. Now that I'm about 50, I would hold on to the stairway. But they don't always hold on to that rail. I mean, do we? Because they only underestimate the power of that unfitting curse. And we also when we let sin in our lives, and we think, hey, I've got this, and I can walk with God, but I need to go, and I'm going to let go of the handrail. God is the handrail of which we must never let go. This is because we are surrounded by invisible forces that have proven to be deadly. And after describing the universal depravity of men in Romans chapter 3, the Apostle Paul gives us the reason for all the wickedness of this world in verses 10 and 18. Let's look at those. Romans chapter 3, verses 10 and 18. Let's try to I'll read it for you, but if you want to turn in and read it with me, I'll appreciate it. Romans 3, verses 10 and 18. As it is written, there is none righteous, no not one. There is even one of us on this earth that are righteous. Not a one of us. We think we are, and we think we can earn righteousness. We think we can start becoming righteous. We think we can start doing things to be righteous. And the truth is, as the Bible says, there are none of us righteous. No, not one. There is none who understands. There is none who seeks after God. They have all turned aside. They have together become unprofitable. There is none who do, does good. No, not Their throat is an open tomb. With their tongues, they practice deceit. The poison of acts is under their lips. Whose mouth is full of cursing and bitterness? Their feet are swift, dead blood. Destruction and misery are in their way, and the way of peace they have not known. There is no fear of God before their It sounds like we're in a very bad place. And we are. And as funny as we think, we can handle it. And we think we can get close to God because we think that we are comparable to God. And we think, hey, I know what God's doing. And God knows what I'm doing. And God's going to trust me to do it. Why doesn't this world understand? Why are they so filled with deceit, cursing, bitterness, never-ending violence? Because there's no fear of God 
before their eyes. What happens, Christians, when you step out of the realm of fear, you step into the realm of flesh. When you step out of the realm of the fear of God, you step into the realm of flesh. And I'm going to talk to you about flesh in just a second. You might think, I've been a Christian for 25 years, Pastor. I have been in prayer and I've been in God's Word for 25 years. I very seldom have missed a church service. But I want you to know something and you need to listen to me right now. That was the flesh, it's flesh. And you haven't changed that flesh one centillion of an iota. Not one. You can't change Because that was the flesh. And it hollers and it cries out and it deceives and it lies. And what we need to do is die to ourselves that Christ might live free. And God is right here. No fear of God before their lives. Let's the next slide. After the Apostle Paul describes the wickedness of human nature,
Verse 20, therefore, by the deeds of the law, no flesh shall be justified in the sight of one of the children. Look at that point. Look at me The law is not making it right. It's not fixing it. You can't suddenly start teaching the law and say, oh, I'm holy. That's what my family is doing. So what do you mean? My family is no Jews. I still wear it. They don't make me holy. They don't make me righteous. I still keep the feast. I still like the menorah, as you know. And it doesn't make me right. It's like putting clothes on a dead head. It's like putting lipstick on a pig. It's like putting image in a cat. It's simply out of place. By the deeds of the law, no flesh. By the law, by the judge, the apostle Paul said, you can lie. I didn't know what sin is. Paul is saying here, I didn't know what sin was until the law. I didn't know what it meant until we were made. Romans 3, 21, 26, but now the righteousness of God apart from the law is revealed. He is sin. Being witnessed by the law and the prophets. The righteousness of God through faith in Jesus Christ to all on all who believe. There is no All It doesn't matter how law abiding you think you are, how truthful you think you are, how honest you think you are, how hard working, how good of a dad or good of a mom you think. Your question. Do you think you're cut? Most of say, yeah, for the most part, I think you're cut. What about the last time? Yeah, that's not right. When's the last time you told a lie? Someone said, Good morning, good afternoon. Excuse me. Ten minutes before we got here. Some of you are standing right next to yourselves in a lie. And the seventh commandment says, that's not committed adultery. Jesus says, if you look with lust at someone, you commit adultery with them. By your own admission, you're lying to speak. Adultery. What about blasphemy? The third commandment. That's not take the Lord thy God's name in vain. What about that one? The last time you said, oh, when's the last time you said, oh, J.C. in the car. When's the last time you said God's name without death? Bible tells us in Exodus 20, it says, God will not hold him guilty. He takes his name. Jesus is doing this. He's only missing. He's broken. 
all the world now becomes guilty. Not just the Jews. Verse 24, being justified freely by His grace through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus. That's the cure. Simple as this. We broke the law. Jesus Christ came and He paid the fine. It's that easy. It's that simple. It was that spectacular. He paid. He paid. And He rose again. And because of that, we have life eternal. Amen. One name under heaven given by which men must be Verse 46. To demonstrate at the present time his righteousness that he might be just and the justifier of the one who has faith in Jesus. Faith in Jesus. Today's church members, today's church Christians, they like to get on the airplane and say, I can jump out with no problem. But they forget the bucket their parents Did you let someone jump out of the airplane like that? I grew up in the 70s and 80s, and you already know, back in those days, it was not illegal to drive around without a seatbelt. It is hard for me to get in a car and buckle my seatbelt. I could have thought of doing that, but then I'll buckle it. That is something I've done my entire life. My driver's license did not require it. I think it's un-American. And it's forced me to wear a seatbelt. That's not the point, though. Yet we will let someone who blasphemes, someone who curses, someone who's a drug addict, someone who's committing adultery, someone who's watching pornography, someone who's not talking to you. Yeah. Scripture tells us differently. The world tells us that Christianity is not about this God who can forgive, but this God who has a righteous standard instead of salvation. He says, God, who loves and loves everybody and accepts you as you are. No, he says, come as you are, and I Look again with me in Proverbs 19. I don't have time to look up the master Bible, but I'll put it here on the screen for you. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, and the knowledge of the Holy One is understanding. Once again, it's the fear of the Lord. Those who don't fear God haven't even begun, my Bible says, to get It also tells us that the fear of God is what causes men and women to depart from evil. Do you know what causes people to leave sin, to quit sinning? If not, God loves you, if there's a judgment. Look at me in Proverbs 16, verse 6. In mercy and truth, atonement is provided for the iniquity. And by the fear of the Lord, one departs from evil. Church holds to, well, God is love, and therefore shouldn't be feared. However, Jesus discovered when he speaks the law, he speaks lawfully, the moral law has the ability to put the fear of God into the heart. Okay? 
We have a second biblically in Psalms 19, verse 7. Psalms 19, 7. It's not going to be on the screen. Psalms 19, 7 says, The law of the Lord is perfect. Converting the soul. What is it that converts the soul? What is it that converts someone? The law of the Lord. What is it that's perfect? What is it that converts the soul? The law of the Lord. And Paul can say, When you use it lawfully, it changes. First Timothy, verse, uh, chapter one, verses eight to ten. This is the apostle Paul talking to young Timothy, who just now preaching. This is Paul's advice to this young minister. He says here in verse eight, "But we know that the law is good if one uses it lawfully." In other words, when you're using it to be Jewish, when you're using it to say, "I got more dollars than you," it's not lawful. But when you use it to bring someone to Jesus Christ, verse nine, knowing this that the law is not made for a righteous person. The law, I'm going to be honest with you, remember there's none righteous, no, not one. The law's not made for righteous people, but it's made for unrighteous people. It's made for sinners. And what's more, Paul lists the sinners for. Look what's in verse 9, just in case you have any questions. As who's the lawbreaker? For the ungodly, for the sinners, for the unholy, and profane, for murderers, for fathers, and murderers, and mothers, for manslayers, for fornicators. That's sex before marriage, y'all. I'm going to go ahead and put it out there again. If you're online, let me go ahead and say it very clearly. If you are not married, you are living in sin. Fornicators, for sodomites, for homosexuals, for kidnappers, for liars, for perjurers. And if there's any other thing that is contrary to sound doctrine, you can't make you righteous. You've already learned that. It does be. Galatians 3.24 tells us. In other words, it's a teacher that says, You need a Savior. That's all it was ever was. It was never made to make you holy. It was there to make you say, I can't be holy and I need a Brother Josh, I need to be a part of what I'm saying. We've got to say, Pastor, I am a Christian. I am a Christian. 
I'm not giving you up. I'm going to come back to the Lord. Maybe you don't need to talk to me at all. You just need to talk to God. You can do it in some. We're going to have a word of prayer. We're going to sing just a verse or two of this song. If God has spoken to me, I'll ask you to help me. So, let's pray together. Father, I come to you now in Jesus' name. Oh, heaven, thank you for your word. And I pray, Lord God, you take charge. If there's anyone who needs to come to know you, anyone who needs a thought like this, anyone, Lord God, who needs to get their feet to walk Praise you to all the glory and thank you for the Lord. Come with your family. Would you come with your last two feet? Would you come? Would you come to me?
keep calling right now. Come on. Don't forget, Sunday morning, y'all, don't want to miss that Sunday, bring your lost friends. Now, Sunday morning, we're going to be talking about living godly in an ungodly world, and we're looking at the prophet Daniel. So, hopefully, that will whet your appetite. Get prepared in now. Praise God for it. Uh, let's close in that word of prayer. Don't forget about the upcoming activities, Welcome Avenue, all kinds of things going on. So, uh, it's going to be amazing. Let's just close this in prayer.